Broadcasting from occupied territories, War the Flea Media, it's the Reality Dysfunction Podcast. A space where a diverse group of brown folk from across the nation explore the political experiences and social future of our Chicano Latino community. Control the narrative, resist the dysfunction. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Ernesto Morales back for another episode of the Reality Dysfunction. This week, we're going to talk about the fallout from the siege at the U.S. Capitol, where all of the patriots uh, ransacked and pillaged uh, the Citadel of Democracy and um, managed to pee and poop in the hallways uh, at the same time. So that's a, um, yeah, that's that's a nice crowd of people. Yeah, we're going to take them home to meet mom. All right, Alex. Hi, I'm Alex Lozada coming to you from the East Coast. Francisco. Your boy Lopez coming to you from the 951, California. Gotha. And Sosa coming from Saginaw, Michigan. Carlos Hernandez. Carlos Hernandez coming from San Anto, Texas. And Cecilia. Cecilia Olvera, Southeast Michigan. All right. So we, we we watched the carnage last week. We've seen the political fallout over the past week. Uh, you know, where are we at? And I guess, you know, the question that I would put to all of you is, you know, um, how does this continue to apply or impact the uh, Chicano Latino community in the United States? Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. That, that's yeah. I said it all, man. Yeah. <laughs> where to begin? Where to begin? We haven't been blamed for it yet. At least not that I've seen. <laughs> interesting, isn't it? It is. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the news today, I don't know if you guys saw it, was um that some of the congressmen that, you know, Congress people that supported um well, didn't support counting the electoral college votes, actually gave tours to some of the rioters the day before, almost like a reconnaissance tour prior to um, prior to what happened Wednesday. Um, if so, that's pretty serious um, accusation to say that they they toured the building with the intent of doing what they did. I don't think there's a question about that. You know, I know in Oregon, the state house in Oregon, there was a video going out there and you clearly see the video of where one of the lawmakers, one of the representatives for Oregon, um, he's literally going out, you know, and he leaves the door open. And as soon as he opens the door, they start coming in, right? People start coming in. Now you tell me, is that procedure that when you're leaving a federal building, you just let whoever is coming in, you just leave the door open for them? I have no doubt that's a, there's definitely a, there's an inside. I mean, the police are infiltrated, right? I think that's the bigger story, you know? The police are infiltrated by white supremacists. The FBI had been warning about this. Um, what can we expect? And I think they, from the facial recognition and from those that have been arrested, they've found people who are ex-military, um, police from around the country, right? 
children of elected officials like and it's really amazing that these people are coming in there and storming the capitol and thinking they can do whatever they want i know it's crazy it's <laughs> it is it's crazy you know one of the I things do have a, oh sorry oh, go ahead no say, go ahead cecilia i do have a question man does any of do any of those legislators uh overlap with those who are now denouncing donald trump Uh, what do you mean? Like, I, I've, I've just been on Twitter lately, and I see a lot of people now who, who have been staunch, you know, Donald Trump supporters, um, you know, congressmen and senators who are now denouncing him as an authoritarian dictator, which has been interesting. I, I don't think that any of the people that are being targeted as, you know, possible accomplices are, have come out and, um, and done that. I think there's some people who... Uh, originally, you know, said that they were going to vote uh, for, you know, to, um, that they were going to vote to oppose uh, Biden's um, victory in the Electoral College. And then they ended up not doing that because of the events of that day of last Wednesday, uh, February 6th. I think that, um, I think that the point that Francisco brought out is, is a super important one um, in terms of thinking through how these forces that you know uh, are supposedly there to quote unquote protect us are divided, right? Because now what you have is a bunch of FBI uh, people and police people who actually aren't white supremacists, right? I mean, they may be cops, but they're not like white supremacists who are like running around the country arresting all of these people, you know, where the other half of these uh, police forces were like leaving the door open for these guys to storm into mm -hmm. the into the Capitol, you know, so I think that um, I think that one of the things that is really important for us in the kind of Latino community to really take from this is that um, white people are not monolithic in their beliefs or their ideas, right, that there are, um, you know, the, there, there are white people who you know, are not racist. They are not, you know, white supremacists. Well, I don't know if they're not white supremacists, but they're they're not racist. I I think they'll saying that any of us are not white supremacists, that's that's a whole nother conversation. One that is a lot longer than I think the one we're having today. But you know, they're they're gonna find these guys because they they believe in America, right? Well, no, they don't believe in America. They believe in America, right? And right. so the difference yeah, I think there is is important. And I think it's important for us to see that too, because it goes back to the election. And you think about all these people who are like Latinos for Trump, and it's like, oh, how could they do this? Right? Well, I mean, I mean, is that really a question that we need to ask ourselves when these guys are running through the Capitol wiping poop on the walls? I don't think so. You know? Yeah, I think it does. I think it does highlight the, uh, again, the contradictions. Like, I, I think there's a lot of, um, yeah, like the the federal law enforcement, they're obligated now to do, in essence, you know, their job, you know, and I, I do think that they are going to, it's going to pain them because once they start digging deep into these Trump supporters, they're going to find a pretty good representation of law enforcement, of, of ex-military, of guys uh, and women who have sympathies to themselves 
And so it's going to be interesting to me to see how vigorous they carry out their job. You know, I, I mean, I think I think you're right, man. You know, there are those who are like, no, we're law and order. We're by the book, you know, and so if you break the law, I don't care. We're coming for you. You know, there's I've met enough people who really do believe that. So they're going to be like, we're going to arrest these guys. We're going to we're going to we're going to get them. Um, but I know there's also going to be a whole group of them that they're going to do it. It's like, well, I'm going to do my job, but I'm going to really hate doing it because this guy is a, a sheriff from so-and-so or whatever, you know. And so it's interesting to me how they're going to navigate that and how, I mean, part of the problem is this got out of hand because they police people differently. And, you know, like we're talking about the, the double standard in treatment, how the protesters were treated. And that's true. But there's even a deeper, a deeper double standard, which is, you know, there was a truck parked with Molotov cocktails. There was a guys who had pipe bombs and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, if those had been people of color, if that had been BLM, they wouldn't have even gotten near there because they would have been totally infiltrated by law enforcement agents. They would have gotten their doors kicked in at three o'clock that day, three o'clock in the morning. Like, you know, they for them to act been, like there was this, what they would have done is what they would have bombed an entire neighborhood like they did in Philadelphia yeah, in Philadelphia. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it would have been where like every every third member is a law enforcement undercover law enforcement. But apparently they had no insight to what these guys. Well, apparently it's coming out that that's not that's not true, that uh, the FBI knew quite a bit of what was going on. Right. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. That That's a good point. And. The question that I ask is, is the truth really going to come out? Everything, well, because right away, the first thought is going to be, that's national security. We, can, we can't let that cat out. It's national security. Well, what you were saying earlier about, um, you know, law enforcement, um, white supremacists, there was a report by the FBI in 2006. Um, I put it in the chat. So in 2006, the FBI put out a bulletin that said that white supremacist groups were infiltrating police departments to kind of for reconnaissance to find out when they were going to be arrested and infiltrated to keep them from being arrested and infiltrated. Um, and they um, they're actually pretty successful on a multi-state level. It's a PBS article. It's in the chat. So, I mean, it's it's not really, you know, speculation. It's it's been proven. You know, they they purposely did that, which, hey, I guess that's smart on their behalf. Um, but I think it had a lot to do with what happened uh, last week. Well, in all of the news articles that, that I've been reading, it, see, this is the thing is that I think it's really important to listen to the way that people talk about what it is that they're doing. Right. And so the one of the main things that the FBI is trying to do right now is they're trying to determine if it was a coordinated attack. Or if it was sort of like this, you know, this uh, mass outpouring of rage or whatever. Because the thing is, and I'll bet anybody who's listening to this 20 bucks, that in the end, what they're going to say was that they've determined that it wasn't a coordinated attack, right? Because if it is a coordinated attack, then what that means is that there is an organized uh, group of individuals in this country with an intentional violent agenda to overthrow the United States government, right? And so this is where that infiltration really comes in. I mean, sure, you know, the infiltration 
affects us personally on individual level, like when we're on the street and we're stopped by police officers, or, you know, we go to the grocery store, like I do around here, and you're surrounded by like, you know, freaking three percenters who got, you know, a nine on their hip and, you know, their AK in the middle of their gun rack in their truck or whatever. I mean, that, that shit's not, not intimidating. Right. But the point being though, is that if they determined that it was a coordinated attack, right, then that takes it out of the individual um, realm, out of the individual reality. It's not about what Ernesto Todd Morales thinks about it anymore. It's about how it affects millions of people you know so when they say that there was an attack on the constitution right that the attack on the constitution isn't about us individually it's about everybody in this country and that's the part that they're trying to figure out what i'm saying is if they ain't figured that out yet then what the fuck are they doing because I, think they I think they have figured it out and i think that's why right now like i have it on it's the impeachment right they're trying to put it through and i think there is a very strong voice coming out for impeachment and it's going to be like those same 160 or 100 and some republicans who voted against the verifying the election right it's going to be those same ones that are going to say no that this was antifa right but i i very much do think that there is a very strong organized voice that's saying that this was an attack on our democracy, on our constitution. And that's why we're hearing that language. That's why the FBI is involved, I think, and to the extent that they are going around and picking people up, doing facial recognition, and those people are in, in jail. You should have heard Chris, Chris Cuomo last night. It was hilarious on CNN. Um, with a guy who took the lectern from Nancy Pelosi, the speaker's lectern, like <laughs> he had his lawyers on and he's like, this isn't just a single person. This is an act of a community of organizers that are coming together to topple democracy. So, you know, but I, I know I've heard in in some reports that the FBI had already stated that and that the greatest threat to the United States are is white supremacists regardless of where the rhetoric you know and the hype is placed on in the news it's been known so they didn't do anything about it no, um the fbi has been saying it elizabeth warren has been saying it for many years right and people have been talking about that this started not just a couple of months ago or a year ago but this started you know when trump started with his birtherism against obama right but that's, but that's my but, point is that if they're still saying, even at this point, if they're still saying that they're trying to trying to make a determination, right? See that that's the the thing is is that as long as they keep saying who we're is trying they? to make a determination, who is the they making a determination? I don't I don't think that's what the FBI is. I mean, I don't know. I haven't, but I, I think mean, there's a very large portion of our Senate of our Congress that's saying this is a concerted effort right, by a group that is highly organized attacking our constitution, our democracy. It's a siege on the Capitol, right? Well, I don't think they use that, those terms if they didn't really think of it. And that's why they're trying to do the I, Which part are you questioning? Because the FBI did say that about white supremacist organizations being the biggest threat to the United States. What, what they're trying to determine is whether or not what happened at the Capitol was a coordinated attack. 
That's what they're trying to determine. It doesn't mean that they don't think that white supremacists are the biggest threat or anything like that. The point, though, is this, is that- They don't want to, con- like, for sure confirm that because then that puts everything that many people who don't pay attention to these kinds of things, like their whole magical bubble at risk. I, I, think, I, I think it I, does, I think and that's why you have people that. like Liz Cheney coming out and speaking against this, right? right. I also think I also think that it has. Go ahead. Go ahead. It, I think it also has to do with like if if you can if you can more state or show that it was not a coordinated thing, then you can you can make an argument that there that the there isn't as much organization behind it, which means. You don't have to police it or investigate it or infiltrate it on the same on that same level. But it, to me, it just goes back to the same point that, that, I, that I'm making, which is different organizations, different communities are policed and treated differently, completely. And so this mythical, this so-called like blind spot, it's like, dude, it, you know, you just don't look at the threat coming from organized terrorist acts. I mean, go back and look at how deeply they infiltrated BLM. I mean, and this was where there was no violence. This was way before what was going on in the summer. I mean, I'm talking like three years ago, four years ago. I mean, they were really infiltrating the hell out of BLM, even to the point to where some of the organizers brought cases against them for violations because they were going way too broad. I mean, they were like, there was no threat to justify that level of investigation, right. but they were doing it. Yep. Right. So then, and I'm so like, you know, and I'm like, why, why aren't they doing it with these guys? It's because it's the same. It, it goes back to that same bad joke where like, I don't know if y'all seen that meme where it's got like the family guy and it's got the shades of color where it's like, if you're white, you know, yeah. And then if the darker it gets, it's like terrorists, like mentally unstable, light lights get in like once it's brown and black, it's like, oh, terrorists. It's the same freaking thing, man. It's the same. Well, it mentality. is the same thing. So, so the problem is if they don't confirm all this stuff, well, the question becomes, well, why didn't you do something about it? I mean, the FBI is the police that has the jurisdiction to do anything they want in terms of investigation and arrests throughout the country. I mean, if you look into the history of the FBI, there was three events that caused the FBI to be formed because they required action. They required something to be done that local police couldn't do. One of them was the Lindbergh baby being kidnapped. The other one was the anarchist bombings of the 1920s. A bunch of Congress people had their homes bombed. Um, And then the third one was uh, the bank robber, uh, Dillinger. And he was crossing state lines and robbing banks. So that that was all those three things happened around the same time and they caused the FBI to be formed, but it's formed to take action, right? It's formed to put a stop to these things, you know, after investigating. So where was the action part? I mean, if they knew all the stuff was going on, why didn't they act? And that's I mean, the because their boss wanted it to happen, right? Exactly. And, exactly. Well, I mean, I don't it. think that we can overlook the fact that Trump is their boss. Yeah. So they don't they don't the want FBI, the FBI right from the beginning has been involved in domestic surveillance of oh, political yeah. groups, breaking up unions. That's I mean, what it was formed to do. Yeah, the the whole thing. I mean it's uh But take action. 
I mean, definitely okay, don't I, okay, intend I, I to sit here and, and argue like that contradictions run all through this. Um, you know, the it didn't ask a lot of like conservative. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? <sighs> when you commentators, conservative commentators were arguing like, yeah, this was this was a uh, you know. A, a protest, yeah, got a little out of hand, but it didn't do nearly as much damage as the Black Lives Matter protests. And one thing that I think is super obvious to me is because there were barely any cops there. Why do those pro? Why do those protests get to the point where they get? Because the police incite that level of violence. On top of that, you know, you hear so many conservatives talking about oh, all these millennials, they're tearing down history, they're tearing down these monuments. Like, what do you think, like, doing that to our Capitol building is? You know, so I mean, they, there's... They took a crap in it. <laughs> there's contradictions all over the place. I they think that's one thing that we can it. all agree on. Um, I just think, okay, let me say one thing real quick. Does anybody think that you would ever see a pro type operation being applied to the right wing and to these militias? Would they ever take the gloves off and do like we are going to put the full dirty weight of the state behind destroying these this movement? I think we'll Julian. Ca I think Julian Castro would have. You think so? <laughs> oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he would have been like, "Oh, these white boys are going down." <laughs> I don't know. You I mean, don't look convinced. <laughs> what's happening in Texas with Ted Cruz? I mean, going back to the Latino bit, what's going on with Ted Cruz in in Texas? Oh, that dude! Don't even. I mean, right? what is going on with Ted Cruz? I mean, he's a perfect example he, of like he is culpable for all of this. Him, yeah, he's, McCarthy, oh. Josh Hawley, all those guys, right? Yeah, and all, all those guys, Tucker Carlson, right? Rushland, uh, Tucker Carlson. These guys. I mean, that's what also makes me upset. Is it's because like uh, you know now. It's it's funny. I, I I'll try to stomach Fox for like about ten minutes. It gets real hard, but I try to. And um, oh my god, I actually heard Fox News say like, "Well, the Democrats and the left seem to be lo losing all nuance of the discussion." I'm like, Fox is talking about nuance. Like Fox is actually getting upset about lack of nuance in the conversation. I mean, shit. Hey, and, I'll tell you what. If you make if you all vote for me for president. I'll do a COINTELPRO on their asses for sure. Oh, yeah. geez, man. You know that Ted Cruz sent out a tweet while the seize was going on? Yes. He a, had a rally the day before, right? Well, well, no, but while it was going on, he sent out a tweet that was a fundraising tweet during the siege while they were still in lockdown mode. He sent out a tweet trying to raise money off of it. Well, <laughs> Yeah, Ted, Ted Cruz is the absolute worst. He's got a gap. He's he's an embarrassment. It's horrible. It's like I, I do actually pretty do bad think, too, though, man. that there is going to be some fallout from this for him in Texas. I think even I think even even moderate conservatives are kind of like we're kind of sick of this dude. He, well, he and too and so you know his buddies or whatever, but his sponsorship, his donors, the base of, you know, corporations are starting to pull their funding of these parties. And I don't know how well it's going to go for him. I don't know when he's got to run next. Uh, I mean, you might have to almost to come. in two years. 
I don't know. I don't know if they would try to run Bethel again. I hope not. But no, they need to run a real Mexican in Texas. Yeah. Not like not like a white not like Mexican light white boy. Not a Miklo? Not a Beto yeah. fan. Not a not, not a Miklo O'Rourke. What's that old saying? Never trust a what is it? Never trust a, a white man that speaks Spanish or a Mexican that I know smokes it's, cigars it's, or something like that. It's, it's, yeah, in Texas they say never 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 trust a Mexican who smokes cigars or an Anglo that speaks Spanish. Yeah. They're they're both politicians. Yep. There you go. So I don't know, but Cruz has got to go. He's got to go. I mean, I think all these guys are going to go. Uh, and, uh, you know, the the thing about it is, is that before they do, though, they'll have the opportunity to pass another round of surveillance laws that um, they'll say are directed towards white ring, that they'll say are directed towards right wing organizations, but in the end will be applied to further tamping down on the left, quote unquote, in the United States yep. or, you know, third party um, positions that are taken up by uh, people of color in the United States. This, I, these laws aren't going to be applied to white people. And like the marching and, you know, the right to gather. But I think it's really going to go in that digital space where we're talking about facial recognition, you know, surveillance, as you said, Todd, what what we do over our internet, what we do over Wi-Fi, that's all going to continue to be collected. But now it's just going to be instead of you know being targeted by Amazon, you know, on the next facial wash I use, it's going to be given to our local police departments as well as federal, state level. Yeah, it. I, I mentioned that I watched Fox, and I actually couldn't believe that they were saying something that I'm like, shit, they're actually right. I think they're right on that. And one of the guys was going off on, uh, he was saying how, uh, you know, they're going to use, they're moving very fast for this type of legislation. And it's inevitably going to be used to curtail freedoms on digital and they're going to use it to monitor. And of course he was blaming all the left. That's the left agenda. And I'm like, no, it's these people's agenda and the, I mean, you know, they scare they scare your your uh, constituents with Muslims, and it's, now they're scaring they're scaring us with uh, the extreme right wing. It's like if the goal is to surveil everybody, you know. And I, I am amazed at how fast they're moving. You know. I mean, if, if you think about you know, I mean, the purpose of law is to protect the the state, right? I mean that that that's really what the law does is it protects the state. Which is one of the reasons why, you know, the state reserves for itself certain rights, right? Like it reserves the right to to take life, to incarcerate people, to do all those things. I mean, we we are prohibited by law as individuals from doing that. So when these laws get passed, right, they're not for our protection. They're they're never really for our protection. Our protection might be like a byproduct of the law to some extent, but what they what they actually are is a response to the, the threat of the sovereignty, the, uh, you know, the integrity of the sovereignty of the state. And I think that um, the same way that 9-11 was uh, perceived as a threat to the integrity of the sovereignty of the United States, I think that what we're going to see here is going to be even more dramatic in some ways. Um, 
in terms of like the rules that they come up with, right? I don't think that many people are going to go to prison for what happened on uh, February 6th. I think that they're going to grab a couple of them off the street. They're going to slap them around, send them to prison for a couple of years, and that'll be it. But I think that the, the, the free reign that's been given, right, to lawmakers, and I don't just mean Republican lawmakers, I mean Democratic lawmakers too, because they're going to vote for these bills also, right? Let's, let's not make any mistake about that. When um, after 9-11 and all those laws got passed, there was one person, Barbara Jordan, who voted against all of those things, right? She voted against sending troops to Afghanistan. She voted against, you know, these surveillance bills like the Patriot Act and these other uh, laws that got passed at that time. And, um, you know, everybody was all up on her about, you know, that was un-American and all this other kind of stuff. Um, but I mean, 20 years later, I mean, she probably was the only one there that was not probably, she was the only one there that was thinking, you know, had thinking about the future. And that's what's going to happen here. I mean, and I that- think, yes, and I think the majority will, but I, I do put some hope or hope into some of the newer people that have been elected, Raphael Warnock, Rashida Tlaib, Cori Bush, AOC. And I think it's we'll for right now, I think it's going to be, but I, I don't think it's going to be for that much longer. I think well, the, as the tide is changing in Georgia and Arizona, I think it will, it will change. I'll tell you that if they had managed to get into the house, I mean, they were, they were one turn away. Like if they had turned right instead of turning left, they would have came in on all of those people in there. They already had the gallows built out in the, um, out in the thing. Are you trying to tell me that, you know, they weren't going to, they wouldn't have hung somebody if they could have. Cause they I don't were believe totally that. looking for Mike Pence to hang him. Right. Or, you know, they would have been very happy with uh, AOC. I mean, they could have hung her too. If she's just a little thing, it wouldn't have been hard to carry her out of there. You know, I mean. Suppose, I mean, they haven't haven't said it, but supposedly, like, I'm I'm real curious to hear what this FBI is saying because they say that they have proof or they have, there's a shocking degree to what the real intentions were. Like, they've uncovered, I don't know if they've uncovered some kind of, you know, where it was much more organized and they were actually, their, their, their goal was much worse. And I don't doubt that. And I think we need to get like, not caught up in like false, uh, false binaries because within this, I don't think it was spontaneous, but I think once you had a mob going, then you had the more, more organized elements within the mob. That's right. You That's know, right. so like under the cover of the mob, that's right. You got the guys who really got the agenda and they fan out and start doing what they're supposed to be doing. Every every and great heist movie. Every great heist movie starts exactly the same way, man. It's called misdirection. Right. Yeah. And then they all these people running around, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're just breaking shit, partying, having a good time. And there's five guys in there that their whole purpose in being there is to is murderous mayhem, man. Yeah. Yep. Well, you had all those military special ops people, right, running around in there. Yep. Trump and his, you know, his people. Yeah, his time people zip ties. Right? What are you taking zip ties for? Mm, yeah, when I heard about I the zip ties, I was tent, like, damn. Right? And then Trump, his kids in the tent watching it all unfold, right? And they're like tailgating, watching. Now that's bougie. <laughs> That's bougie. 
right? That's motherfucking bougie right there. Where you like, you're the you're the big boss and you just unleash your hordes and you just sit back and sip tea while they're fucking all out there killing each other. That's the yeah, crazy, shit man. right there. You know, and my main, my main concern is is all the focus on Trump. And this is much bigger than yeah, Trump. Yep. This goes beyond Trump and it started before Trump. Yep. You know, when we look at the rhetoric, I, I think one of the pioneers with them was maybe Rush Limbaugh. Right. I mean, you know, he, he, he didn't need the net. He was on the airwaves. Um, and I see I see some of the presidents outside of the United States. One that spoke out already was uh, from Mexico. Uh, AMLO. you know, he already he was against the, the censorship. And, you know, he's saying, is this going to occur to me? And when we talk about, you know, the state of how does that impact us, Chicanos, you know, uh, us Latinos within the United States, where do we get our most of our news from? Yeah, there you go. Right. And that's part of what it's going. I think it's I think that's really one of the, you know, <laughs> agendas is to cut off a lot of the um, communication that already exists between communities. You know, you don't need Fox. You don't need NBC. You don't need Univision, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, actually, Francisco, to Francisco's point, our community is is the largest user of um, online news in this country. More percentage-wise, even more people in our community than any other community in this country get their news directly from their phone, from their phone, not even from like a computer or anything like that. They get it from their phone. Yep, that's who we are. I know that's me too. That's these me. days. Yep. So. No, this is, I think this is serious. I think that the other thing that it really shows, I think that the other thing that it really shows is that, um, you know, we have to get serious about our own politics in our community, man, because these, these guys are on some, they're on a different tip, you know, I mean, yeah. they're, they're thinking about how to keep power, right? We're thinking in our communities about how it is that we build up power, political power, you know, here at the end of 500 years of like colonization, exploitation, genocide. I mean, it's just a whole different thing. I mean, so when we get all, I think, caught up with these, you know, white politicians and all the stuff that they're talking about, I mean, what what's really happening is that they're having, as, as we have said on this or talked about on this podcast many times, they're having an internal war with each other about which side of the white folks is going to be in charge, right? That's That's what this is about. And I think that, you know, this is a really good opportunity for us to really just sort of sit back and say, okay, am I going to like take sides between these white people or am I going to go over here and try to like talk to my own people and be like, this is what we got to do to get organized. This is the kind of politics that we need. That's, that's what I think. Yep. Yep. Ditto. There was a couple times when I was going to be in there, I was like, this is a great segue to talk about Twitter and Facebook and all that jazz, but. Let, let me ask something. Do y'all think that come inauguration, okay, first, do y'all think there's going to be some violence during the inauguration? Uh, yes. Throughout no. the country? Through, yes. Maybe not, maybe, okay, but maybe not. not okay. But what about the country? Yes. yes. 
Okay. Yeah. I don't think um, that there's enough law enforcement, federal law enforcement to go around to every capital as it's, you know, as yeah. these white nationalists have called for. But I do hear right in DC that they're all saying like the mayor, a bunch of other elected officials are saying, don't come here. Just don't come, right? Don't come for inauguration. Because you so get you're gonna get the boot. I think anybody that tries to act a fool in Washington is gonna get the boot. Yeah. And yeah. I mean they're calling in National Guard, right? And and I was watching something and someone said, This looks like people are being deployed to like Afghanistan or something like that. This doesn't seem like they're being deployed in our own country, right? And so we're at the point where this country has to deploy their own military troops to to ensure the peaceful transition of power between one president and another. And I I think that 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 is the point of this entire conversation. And I think that everybody should really, really take a moment and reflect on that. That 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 is that is exactly what's happening is that the military is being used to ensure the peaceful transition of power. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe for the first time in the history of this country, maybe. I think so. And, you know, and it's interesting because there's been a, also a couple of other politicians who's like, this is not a banana republic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever. I uh, mean, they, create, they created banana whatever. republic. I know. I yeah. know. That's just, that right there is just like yeah, my boy it, Malcolm it, said, the chicken's said. coming home to roost. That's yeah. all that is. Coming home to roost, like, yeah. Like, this is what you teach those people who, the military who are, who are there, that's yeah. what you teach them to go do. They're just doing what you've taught them to do, right? I mean, that is literally the definition, one of the definitions of counterinsurgency, right? I mean, we're just going to destroy legitimate liberation movements happening in countries around the world and uh, set up, you know, dictatorships, right, mm-hmm. that are supported by, you know, U.S. money, and, you know, now it's starting to happen here and everybody's all like, oh, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And I'm like, well, you should read a fucking history book then, you know. Yeah. Right. But I, I do have to say, like, my have, talking to my parents about it, they're like, we never thought that this could happen here. Like, we thought that stuff like this didn't happen, that it got stamped down before, right? Like, you know, when... If you ask my parents, like, who are white people? White people are Americans. Americans are white people, right? Even though my parents are naturalized, and I don't think that they consider themselves really Americans. And and so it's like, who would have thought? From my dad's perspective, like, he never would have thought that white people would come up against their own other white people. Well, white people love fighting each other. That's why when they all start that, when they always start that black on black stuff, I'm just like, yeah. are you guys fucking kidding me, man? Like, oh. for real? I think that's what you said the last time. This is like white on white violence. Yeah. I mean, what, what, the, this, enti- the entire history of Western civilization is the history of white on white violence. Yeah. Right. But I think that, you know, yes, I'm not arguing that point, but no, I, think- I know you're not. But no, no, no. But what I'm saying is within the past generation or two, you haven't really seen this, right? Like nobody's like really lived it. And so I think from on TV, you don't, you know, this is not since since World War Two. I mean, which was a a gigantic moment of white on white violence. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The most violent uh, episode in the world's history. (laughs) And I would I, I would also say in this country, if it wasn't for blacks 
Latinos, Mexicanos, indigenous, gay people, basically every group that isn't white, male, Protestant, if they didn't have us to scapegoat and commit violence on, if they just had to deal with each other, they would have torn each other up years ago. Yeah, I think that's true too. Yep. That's and they would have torn each other up, you know, I mean, it's shit, even with, with, even with us, they still had the civil war. Yeah. But imagine you take all those marginalized groups and white folk just got to deal with white folk. They would have torn each other up a long time ago. Yeah. You know? Hey, you guys, we're, we're pretty much, we're pretty much at our time right now. Um, this was, a, this was a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Hey, there's a really good book. It's kind of an old book now, but it's called Inevitable Revolution, the history of CIA intervention in the um, Central America. You should check it out. It's an easy read, but it's very illuminating. Um, and you can probably get it on, uh, Amazon, man, for like a couple of bucks. So yeah, inevitable revolutions. This is the reality dysfunction. <laughs>